You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast, a podcast for people who want to learn more about their personal finances and get the most from their money. This series is hosted by Kate Campbell from How To Money and Owen Raskovich from Rask Finance. The Australian Finance Podcast is provided for educational purposes only. The information is general in nature and does not take into account your needs, goals or objectives. What that means is the information does not apply to you specifically. So consider getting the advice of a licensed and trusted professional before acting on the information. Kate, welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. It's good to be back, Owen. Today, we're going to be talking about superannuation and retirement. Everyone's favorite topics. Yes, it really gets the people going, (laughs) this one. And um, you've written a, uh, I guess, like a little how-to money guide on super for your website, howtomoney.online. And it's three reasons to start thinking about super in your 20s. Yeah. But it doesn't have to, as we'll get to in this episode, doesn't it, you don't have to be 20, you don't have to be 25, you don't have mm. to be in your teens, you can be 30, 40, 50, 60 even, and starting to think about this stuff and it will have a positive impact on you. Yeah, and why it's important to think about as early as possible in your life. For sure. And we get a lot of questions on this, right? Mm, absolutely. Yeah, like we, we, we get asked, let's, we're going to hit some of these nails on the head, but get asked inside or outside super should i save more money by putting more into super mm. should i uh, keep my money in like a brokerage account or invest outside so i can retire early you know we get all these different kinds of questions so we're hoping to reflect back on superannuation and the episode we did earlier in the season but also then kind of tie it in with retirement and how you can get started today yeah and it's awesome to see because i think a few years ago, no one ever talked about superannuation. I'm suddenly starting to hear in the workplace and in my friend groups and in the media, superannuation is becoming a lot more of a common topic and people are starting to go, oh, I actually know where my super is. I've got everything in one place and I know what fees I'm paying. So uh, even at the hairdresser the other day, <laughs> the hairdresser definitely knew where her super was. So um, it's, it's really interesting that it's becoming a more common topic to talk about. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah, as... As you said um, in your in your write up, it is your money, so you've got to start treating it like that. Mm. Uh, so th- that's just a simple, I guess, 
thought process. You yeah. Know? Yes, you don't have it in your bank account, but it is in your account in your, at your super fund. So Yeah, and it's generally 9.5% of your paycheck. So normally you'd care about mm. where nearly 10% of your money is going. So even though you don't get to see this directly in money that you can access on a daily basis, you, you need to care about it just as much as every other dollar. Totally, totally. And yeah, imagine if you had, say you get $1,000 into your bank account and $100 of that is going to this place and this account that you don't really know of or you don't really understand. Mm. You'd, you'd, if you saw that money getting taken out of your bank account, taken out of your bank account, you would be really making a conscious effort to go yeah, and track like, it down, right? Where did that money go? What, yeah. what is it giving me? What am I getting from it? Like, where is what are they doing with it? So you, I think we just forget about it because the employer just deals with it and sends the money away. So we never actually see it. And so in our mind, it's a much lower priority. Mm. And maybe we only think about it when we get our PAYG statement at the end of the financial year. But um, it's almost as if we like deprioritize that superannuation amount when it comes to our money, like different dollars are worth different amounts in our mind, but it's just as important. And it's going to be really important down the track. For sure. Okay, so let's stop beating around the bush with it. We know it's kind of important or we're telling people it's important. That maybe we can start with the, the article you wrote and the reasons why it'd be important to start thinking about it as early as possible. Yeah, so if you, if you can start thinking about it as soon as you um, get your first job and start getting paid super, uh, all, that's awesome. But even if you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, just start having a look now and figuring out where is your superannuation. You can always go to the ATO website, mm. chuck in your TFN and find any lost super you've got over your uh, career. TFN is code for tax file number. Yes, yes. So um, they'll, the ATO is quite handy now in uh, telling mm. you where you've lost money along <laughs> the way. So, um, And you can easily roll it over and things like that now into one fund. And there's a lot of sites now that we've shared before where you can actually compare different superannuation funds and looking at long-term performance sort of 10 year plus not the last year um when yep. you're comparing different funds it's a lot easier today than it was even five years ago mm. okay what's uh, so we know we, we you know this is just getting on top so sort it out yeah yep um what about the inside outside of super debate and maybe you can just explain what we mean by inside and outside mm. so People often ask if you're investing for retirement inside of super and you're adding additional funds to that, um, it's usually you can't touch it till 60, mm. 65, 70, depending on what age bracket you're in. I mean, the government will probably move the the goalposts. I might mm -hmm. be 75 by the time I get to retirement, who knows? But uh, it's essentially the government wants you to save and have money put aside for your retirement so that you don't have to rely fully or on the pension at all mm. so i guess that's their hope uh, for savings so um and then there's also investing outside of super which we've talked a lot about but just building wealth out up outside of super that you can sell or touch at any time and if you need the money you can just sell your investments which you can't do with superannuation you can't just pull out the money yeah yeah um, i mean there are extenuating circumstances mm. with super but make no mistake it's not easy to get money out and you definitely would as far as I know, it's almost impossible to get all of your money out of super yeah. uh, early. So it's, uh, pretty pretty locked down. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So uh, I w that's not even really an option. But um, yeah, so you're saying you can put money into this account known as our super fund, which we can't touch until maybe 65, maybe later, maybe mm. sooner, depending on the c circumstances. 
or you can invest, um, like you can put money in your own bank account, in your own name, in a brokerage account, in investment yep. property, crypto, whatever you want to do. Yeah. You have more control over it. Effectively. Yeah, you've got full control over it. And if you ever need the money, you can just sell those holdings instantly and get it or I guess mm-hmm. sell the house in a few months yep. uh, and get the money. But I mean, as a young person, the way I think about it is I'm doing both because my employer's paying mm. money into my superannuation and I'm also investing money outside of superannuation to build wealth independently of that. Uh, so I think it often depends on sort of when you start thinking about it. So mm. maybe if you're approaching this at 50 uh, and haven't really invested outside of superannuation before your thought process towards whether I'm going to invest inside or outside of super would be quite different to what I'm thinking right now. Totally. And so this is kind of one of these things that we call a false choice, right? You mm. think that you have to make a decision, this one or that one. And we see this all the time. People are like, well, do I invest in this ETF or that ETF or that share, that ETF mm. or property or shares? You don't have to pick one. You can have them all. In yeah. fact, I would encourage everyone to have all of them. <laughs> so, you know, think about it more so in terms of overall accumulation. Mm. How much of all of these things can you accumulate over your lifetime? Yeah, because it's still your money inside super. It's just you can't touch it for a much longer period of time. So mm. often people, if say they want to retire at 60 and they can't touch their super till. 65 in this scenario they might want to invest enough outside of superannuation to make sure they can bridge that gap before they can touch their super so um there are plenty of benefits to investing both inside and outside of super um a lot of people like it because it's for savings if you're adding some money into your superannuation then you can't just touch it for any impulse purchases uh but you also can't touch it for other things you might like to buy outside of super. If you wanted to do that too, you could if you had, and you had a mortgage, for example, you could put mm. money into an offset account yeah. or into a redraw facility where you actually put it on the mortgage and then it, you have to apply to get it back kind of thing. Mm. So those are other ways that you can kind of keep it out of out of your little yeah. mitts. Or you can put it in another bank account with another at another bank, cut off the card so you can't access it easily. Mm. And automatic payments options. out of your bank accounts just to anywhere else. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, just, get it away from you. Just as good. So yeah. I, I definitely, I wouldn't think it's, um, it has to be one or the other. You can do both. Yeah. And I think most most young people that are listening to the podcast are having their employer pay their super because most people are working full time. And then they're also investing outside of super as well. And maybe they're choosing to contribute a bit extra into their superannuation account. Hmm. Okay, how about when people say, oh, retirement is so far away for me. I mean, this is probably a younger person thing mm-hmm. than a middle age or an older thing, but so far away, re- retirement sounds boring. What would you say? I think it approaches much sooner than you think. When I talk mm-hmm. to older family oh, members, yeah. they go, oh, it suddenly just appeared. And uh, suddenly I was living off my super or living on the pension. I didn't even sort of think about it. it so life does start to go quickly. And if you put a few things in place when you're in your 20s and 30s, then you kind of can set and forget a little bit more. Um, you don't need to actively think about retirement all the time because it might bring you down a little mm. bit. Um, but you can make sure that you have a really well-sustained retirement by doing a few things right when you're younger. And maybe that is adding a little bit to your super um, or investing outside of it. Mm. Um Someone said to me the other day, or well, it didn't say to me, I actually heard them say it. They said, no one's more motivated than a young woman who's just got engaged, right? And it's true for money matters and like mm. paying off a, a credit card or um, wedding, 
um, children, you know, you just found out you're pregnant. Whoa, now I need to start being responsible. The other one is, oh my God, I'm going to retire in five years and I've got to actually rely on this money. Mm. All of these things, buying a house, all of these big things can be sold and painlessly, if you just think ahead of time, just a little bit, just an hour or so here and now to think about these things that it might be 50 years away. The, I guarantee that every minute you put in now, you'll get back a hundredfold. Mm. You know, just in, not even in terms of money, just talking in time and just effort in understanding this stuff. Yeah, and if you put some steps in when you're younger, then you don't actually have to put. You might not even need to put any extra money in your super to have a really comfortable retirement. Because mm. if you, we love the the money smart compound interest calculator, mm. but if you put in what your employer is currently putting into your super each month, and maybe compare that to a scenario where you put fifty dollars in extra a month, and you can sort of see how much your future could be changed just off a little bit extra put aside into your super each month. And it's quite interesting when you look at those scenarios and you go, well, I actually don't, if I start early, I don't have to change that much about my life to sort of make sure I'm going to have a great retirement. Totally. Yep. Okay. So now we're going to maybe shift gears and and talk about some more specific uh, points that people might bring up with us. So we've You've, you've explained really well the difference between inside and outside of super, but when is it too late to think about investing outside of super? So opening a brokerage account, buying an investment property, those types of things. Mm. I think when there's is it too late. Hmm, I'm not sure. Uh, like there's some great tax Never? benefits to investing inside of super. Yeah. So maybe if it's happening in the next, I don't know, five to 10 years. Yeah. And this is where a financial planner can help, yeah. right? Because they can actually sit down with you and be like, they, they, they bring out these fancy charts. If I was a financial planner, I wouldn't do these charts because I don't th- I think it's overwhelming for most mm. people. But they can sit down with you and they can go, this is where you are. And if you do this, this is what the chart looks like. And yeah. if you do this, this is what it looks like. And if you and one of those things that they could do is, well, super for most people is taxed at 15%. But hey, you're earning and you're paying tax at 30%. So you'd be better off putting a little bit extra into super. So there are taxes, mm. definitely a consideration. But and often when you're quite close to that retirement age where you can access your super, there are it's suddenly you, a lot of people do shift gear and start putting all their money into the super mm. rather than outside of it. Yeah, they definitely take up that $25,000 limit at the moment, which yeah. is what it is, but they definitely take that up to get those concessional contributions rolling in. Mm. But my, as you said, my, my stance on this is don't think about it as one or the other. You know, um, My in-laws recently... They've always been really supportive of me and doing what um, we do. But they've finally come around. They've said, okay, here's here's a little bit of money. What should I do with it? Mm. And they've started investing. They're like, oh, my God, this thing's going up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is, isn't it great? Yeah. So, and, they're, and they're thinking of retirement in five to ten years, right? So, or even sooner. So, you know, it's never too late to start. Mm. Absolutely never too late to start. Because, hey, if you know how to manage your money, at 65, like if you've only just discovered investing at 63, you spend a couple of years working out what needs to happen. You've got the next probably 20 to 30 years on average mm. in retirement mode where you've got to manage your money. So that's a long time to compound even when you yeah. reach retirement. And another thing is, if that wasn't a big enough reason alone, if you just have all of your money when you hit retirement in cash, earning 1% or 2%, if mm. that then you take away inflation, your retirement is going to look pretty bleak. Yeah. But if you take an active approach and you think, this is how much risk I can take, I understand how shares and property and all these other things work, 
it's never too late to... Yeah, it's almost like we think when we reach 65, then we suddenly go into the most conservative option possible. And you've, if you're going to live to 100, where a lot of us probably will, by, yeah. um, especially our generation, you don't want to suddenly be in cash because your money's just going to get eaten alive by inflation. So, totally. um, yeah, you've got many more years to invest and compound your money Speaking After of compounding, you reach the retirement age. The next one is: Do I lose the effects of compounding by investing outside or inside of super? So, what's the effect on compounding? Yeah, so I think super's one. I kind of see them as I don't know. It's sort of an overall picture for me. I just think of everything, a few different buckets, but it's overall it's snowballing into a big amount mm. over the next few decades. Um, and, and compounding's where you're adding money, but not all the money is added by you. Some is by uh, income that comes from it. I mean, in superannuation, you don't really see the income and all that separate. It's just sort of one growing amount. That lack of transparency that comes with super yeah. funds, hey? Yeah. We can do a whole geeky episode on that. I mean, but, I've tried yeah. to have a look. It doesn't. My super fund doesn't break down like what the income is, what the capital gains, all of that but Kate, stuff. They're happy for that because then you don't know, and then they can yeah. take fees without actually calling them fees. Yeah. Anyway. Most super funds don't really break down the nitty gritty, but essentially everything from capital gains from making profits on things, whatever the super fund's investing in. Um, Maybe they sell some student accommodation. Super funds do all sorts of strange things. Um, And all the income and everything just sort of gets reinvested back into that super fund. So instead of giving you the the income or the gains made um, from anything they do, it just gets reinvested back in and Mm. sort of keeps growing. So you... um, once you get to a certain point, more money is coming in from profits and income than is coming in from you. And it just starts to snowball over many decades. Yeah. And we've talked about the big reason that people choose mm. super over outside of outside investments, and that's tax. But one of the things to remember is typically, you could speak to your accountant about this, but typically tax is only paid when you buy or sell or you receive income. Mm. So if you are, like me, a long-term investor who really doesn't do much but sit on his hands or her hands uh, with investing and just kind of just accumulates and is not in the business of buying and selling every day, mm-hmm. you'll find that you can get your tax liability pretty low outside of super as well. Um, there's two ways you get tax for those who haven't watched our tax or listened to our tax episode. Capital gains when you make a profit and income. One of the great things about Australian shares is franking credits. Mm. Um, who knows how long they'll be around. <laughs> the second one is that if you are indeed a long-term investor, yes, you pay tax when you make a gain, but if you hold it for a certain period of time, you may pay less tax. Um, you might Your tax bill might be cut in half. So if you're not chopping and changing, it's not necessarily like super's at 15%, outside of super's at whatever my marginal tax rate is. Then we have negative gearing and property. Then we have um, you know no capital gains tax on the primary residence. All these things that your accountant mm. can help you with. So th- that's the major detraction from compounding. And money is money, whether yeah. it's inside or outside of super. Like I said, we, like we said, let's have both. Mm. Um, and just don't overthink it. Yeah. You know, just get, let's just, if you want to, like you said it in the article really well, if you want to shave off, I think that's a really good way to frame it, shave off a few years from your retirement age. So not 65, but maybe 62. You have to do that outside of super. You have yeah. no option unless you just want to 
eat lettuce leaves for like four <laughs> years, like that you get from the coals bin or something. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, you get the idea. So, so you definitely don't lose the effects of compounding by being in different places. No. Usually it's, yeah, by mucking around and changing and chopping and changing yeah. all the time. Like Having I your see, emotions get the better. Yeah, I know some investors who every year they seem to take the money out of one fund and put it in another and then they're not happy with that. And that's losing the effects mm. of compounding because they're paying fees all over the place. They're locking in capital gains and losses left, right and centre. So usually you pick a strategy that works for you and you stick with it. Mm-hmm. Yep, good, well said. And if you, you don't need to buy or sell, just get another one if you want another one. Mm. Um, okay, so the next kind of point is what do you do if a super fund raises its fees? Mm, and I think that's off the back of a quite Did a large... Did you say Australian super? Oh, oh. sorry. No, I don't know. <laughs> Australian <Recently>? super? <laughs> oh, my... How much do they have invested? I was Australian just going to say $120 billion An arbitrary super fund raised their fees recently. Who did? So I, huh? Who was that? <laughs> Australian super. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And I think you. they raised their fees last year or the year before as well. Yeah. Probably, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. So anyway, they, we could be wrong. Yeah. But we know that they raised their fees. And they're yeah. the biggest super fund in the country. What the heck? So, okay. So your super fund writes to you because I think they have to tell you in writing that they're doing this because they get to update their product disclosure statement. They tell you that they're raising their fees by, I don't know, 20%. Yeah. Or even 20 bucks a year. Yeah. Yeah. So what should you do? Should you actually, should you just ignore it? Should you do some research and find out if it's still comparable to other funds? Should you just switch without thinking? Mm -hmm. What do you reckon? Well, I think it's all down to um, whether or not it's still like, I don't think super funds can do this anymore, but there used to be a thing called exit fees. But if we just think about the cost of finding a new super fund in terms of, you know, this is why giving advice and we don't give advice on super, but if, if someone gave advice on super, the one thing that's really risky for them to tell you to do is to change super funds because you might have to pay fees when you change. But mm. the big thing is, insurance you might have to get a new set of insurance policies which might not have the same levels of cover or might have exclusions those types of things so it's always one of those areas where i'm like do your homework before you go and switch yeah but um again there's nothing to say that you can't let's say you've got 50 or 100 thousand dollars in one super fund we we know we don't want to have multiple super funds but you could so you could start directing it somewhere else if you're concerned about that one continually raising its fees or yeah well you could just switch you could, but just know the risks of switching and know the costs. What would you do? I think I'd definitely do some research. I'd first go, well, I mean, if it was already one of the lower cost options, then maybe they're just raising their fees in line with industry average. Yep. And w- once you do some research, find out if you're in a balance fund, then compare apples with apples because some super funds have more high growth options that are more aggressive and charge more fees. Mm-hmm. Um, so check out, I think it's, is it Chant West or... One of the they do it, yeah. Yeah, yep. it's a free comparison. It's got the like Apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there, I think there's uh, super ratings. Yeah, so have a look at what you're paying now with the new fee structure for your fund versus what are ten other comparable funds. So, like if you're looking at if you're an industry fund, compare it with other industry mm-hmm. funds. Like retail's often more expensive. So yeah. Um. So compare similar products together. Um, and see, well, is it actually now kind of standard or is it still a bit cheaper or is this actually, this increase tipping me over? Mm. And then maybe is it worth it to switch? Like what are the costs? Are there exit costs? And then insurance. If you've got, 
if you've set up your insurance properly with an advisor or something like that to suit you and your family's needs, uh, it's gonna you're gonna have to do a bit of homework to find out if the if any new options will be able to provide the same resources. And I think that's what super funds rely on that inertia, that to do all the research and then to get the new insurance set up and everything like that. It's sort of almost too much effort to switch. So. Mm you're not going to do much for a $20 a year fee increase or whatever they choose to raise it by. But uh, I definitely have a look and make sure that it's not going above industry standard level of fees. Um, And then if you do think it's sort of too much in terms of fees compared to what you could be paying with other super funds, then maybe do your research on the different investment options because balance is not always the same as balance somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Everyone's got kind of their own view. Um, and then make sure you've got the insurance and various options available to you. And uh, if you do change over, don't um, don't forget to tell your new employer, That's tell it. your employer new details. Otherwise, yeah. you'll end up with super all over the place. One thing is that, and one thing is with super funds is that, and especially not especially, but including industry super funds, which is the type of super fund that is run, as they say, quote only to profit members, end quote is that there is a lot of stuff that goes on underneath the surface Mm. that people like us in the industry know could be happening that doesn't necessarily reflect what you expect is happening from the outside. Mm. So, you know, we could go down, I guess, a rabbit warren on this one and (laughs) pop out anywhere. But the thing to be mindful of is that make sure when you're comparing super funds, even from these so-called comparison websites, make sure you're comparing what you'll actually be getting. So the strategy as well, like mm. you said, growth that so some super comparisons are only done based on the, uh, my super strategy or like the balance strategy, but maybe you're not a balanced investor. So one super fund might look cheaper, but then you're like, I'm going to growth strategy, but it's like four times the price. You should be comparing yeah. that growth strategy plus all the other fees and insurance with another one of like identical or similar nature. So keep that in mind anyway, but yes. Mm. So long story short is, you can definitely change if they raise their fees, but just make mm. sure it's cost effective and yeah, and you do your research and yeah, like how much, like how much better off if you're only going to save maybe a couple of dollars a year, like, and you're pretty happy where you are. Well, is it worth it or not? Yeah. So another one is how do you actually work out what your super is invested in? This is a big thing with ethical stuff. Yeah, and, and I think more and more people are interested in the moment about where a big chunk of their money is actually going yeah. and what what are they resourcing. Um, is there super buying and building apartment buildings or is it investing in farms or solar panel industries? Mm. Like where is that money going? Or is it just going straight into ETFs mm. and there's no sort of um, picking and choosing at all by the super fund provider? Yeah. So um, soon that I laid the boot into Australian super, one thing you can do with a website like theirs is if you go into a member account, you can see the types of investments that they're making. So they might have, you know, we own this much of a Melbourne airport mm. or we have this many Westpac bank shares. You know, you can see it may not be exactly for you and how much you own through the super fund, but it might be for the entire super fund in that strategy. Yeah. So you can work that out. And then you can go from there. If you're one of those people who are, I only want to invest in ethical stuff, well, they might have an ethical option, which then you can drill down into and have a look yeah, on their and website. Everyone's ethics are going to be different. Yeah. So you might have to look at a few different options to find out what, might align with your views um and often the product disclosure statement will say some things maybe what they avoid Mm -hmm. um 
but it's they usually don't give you a full 100% breakdown on everything they're invested in, no. which is, I guess, to the advantage of the super company they can invest in. There's super companies investing in things like private equity, and you have no idea what yeah. that could be, uh, so, and other managed funds and all sorts of things. Uh, mm. so there's there's usually quite a mush pot of different yeah. stuff going on in that super fund that you probably can't find out, but you can at least ask them, even call them up and say, what are your list of things you actively exclude from the fund? And there are always other options, right? You can look at other super funds. You can, some of the biggest super funds nowadays do this kind of like half self-managed super, half we do it for Mm. you kind of thing, which is, it's effectively a brokerage account inside your super fund. So it allows you to pick the things that you want to buy. So if you just wanted, if you wanted to know exactly what you owned in your super fund, you might be able to look into something like that or speak to an advisor. And yeah, there's definitely pros a and few that. companies that you do that. It's a bit higher fees because yep. more control, but you're, you're sort of um, buying the different shares and ETFs off a selected list under them. Yep. So it's not entirely a self-managed super fund because the assets are still held under whichever company, yep. but um, you get a bit more control about where your money is. For sure. Okay, and the last one here um, is... Will super funds start to have more power over the market as their fund increases? So and fund, <laughs> did you want to explain it? Yeah, so funds under management. So that's the total pool of everybody's money together. So for some of our big Australian super funds, that's billions and billions of dollars. Yep, yep. And Probably so, hundreds of billions now, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> one of them, I know, is over 100. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so will they have more power? I think we're already seeing that. I'm I'm seeing that some of the big super funds are actually coming to the table and sorry. <coughs> um they're actually starting to talk to some of the large companies they have stakes mm. in and sort of telling them what they expect out of them. So Yeah. It's quite interesting. And it's definitely worth when you're doing your research about what your super's invested in, also find out about how they what their position is when it comes to voting at company AGMs and um, do they actually come to the table and talk to the f- companies they're invested in? Because some of these big super funds end up having a f- 5% stake in Australian mm. companies and they've actually got starting to have negotiation power. Yeah, and this is uh, the thing is because we're uh, mandated to have money in super, like our employers are told you have to put this money in and mm. you're going to have to do it for the rest of this person's working life. In 20 or 30 or 50 years from today, they're going to be even more powerful. They will be more powerful than the banks are right now. They'll be more powerful than the mining companies are. They'll yeah. be more powerful than all of them. And some might say we're already at a point where they're maybe as powerful as them because they have you know 2 million members to represent. So some of the things that you can do to check on this is read their websites. What do they believe? So, you know... Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Maybe your super fund believes that active investing, as in, you know, picking individual stocks is the best way to do things. Maybe your super fund subscribes to the idea that we'll just invest in ETFs or we'll create our own ETFs and index funds and do it that way because we think that's more effective. Maybe um, we should check to see who's on the board of the super funds. Mm. And maybe we should look at their character and who they're associated with, what... um, maybe not political parties, but quasi-political parties. Or yeah. You can learn a lot about yeah. like it, looking at the chairperson of mm-hmm. these super funds um, that runs the board, uh, looking at their past board history, their past employment history, anything sorry, associated with their name. You get an idea of maybe how they're starting to lean because yeah. the board's got a lot of control over 
billions of dollars of assets. And yeah, totally. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do with that power. Yeah, um, maybe if the board of directors uh, are appointed from somewhere in a particular industry, mm. if it's an industry super fund, that industry comes is represented through yeah. the super fund. Um, you know, that's an important consideration. And then um, where do those directors' fees go? Are they going to the individual for representing the members or are they going to some sort of party, I mm. will say, who represents a certain group within an industry? Yeah, it's quite interesting because um, some of the industry super funds, there's sort of a healthcare super fund where a lot of um, employees in the healthcare industry uh, have their super and a lot of employers in that healthcare industry point members to. And are they taking a more activist approach when it comes to issues affecting their workers mm. when in what they invest in is so it's definitely worth asking um those sort of questions about how is the company voting and how are members voices heard and how is the sort of position this super fund has in the community utilized and transparency what are you doing to make it more transparent can Mm. i see what i'm invested in have you made the tools easy for me to understand Uh, are you disclosing all of the fees or are you kind of hiding them as net investment returns Mm. or is it saying it's an active investment strategy but really it's just an etf and few Mm. people have gotten in trouble for advertising a a special strategy when really it's just an exchange traded fund Mm. and you shouldn't be paying extra for something that's not actually happening yeah so there's all these questions and um little old you has to kind of sit back and just be overwhelmed by all of this but yeah but the one thing you can do is just um you know, you can just read the websites, understand what you're invested in. Um, don't necessarily get sold on things by other people. So don't let individuals convince you that some super fund's good for mm. whatever reason or they don't do this, they don't do that. All of them are good. All of them are bad. Um, it's just about trying to find the one that uh, yeah. fits right with you and what you believe in. So anyway, yeah. that's how well, my rant is super. <laughs> so a few things to think about <laughs> on the superannuation and retirement page and uh, definitely put as I've mentioned before a a calendar invite in your diary uh, on a reoccurring Mm -hmm. yearly basis at least to check in with your super fund find out if they've increased their fees because you might not Mm -hmm. have noticed during the year Um, check what they're invested in how they approach um, are they an activist super fund Um, and just sort of look is it actually performing as it's supposed to for the strategy you're invested in yep all good things and Kate's got this article on how to money uh, Australia the website so we'll link to that um, we've created a super course 10 yep. part super course if anyone wants to tell you it's free um, you can google the names of your super funds and see if uh, click on the news tab see if they've yeah any recent <laughs> AFR Sydney Morning Herald articles are popping <laughs> yeah. up I think uh, just... one young man was uh, trying to sue his super fund recently which oh, is really? a well, it'll be interesting to see how that case goes. I wonder um, who can pay the lawyers more. <laughs> uh, so interesting, all good stuff. And so, uh, Kate, if people want to hear from you. Uh, you can catch do? me at howtomoney.online or Twitter and Instagram at howtomoneyaus. Yep, cool. You've got another podcast, How To Money as well, yes. which is a great one. Um, and you can find me. We've got a new website, www.rask.com.au. Same emails, still work. and Still on Twitter. Still on Instagram, though I don't check Instagram as much. Still trying. So <laughs> trying to work it out. Uh, I'm also on TikTok now. Are you on TikTok? Oh, no. no. I'm not. I gave it a shot. It's crazy. <laughs> I just get sucked into this vortex. Oh, one of my colleagues is showing me the videos. I don't think I want to be on there. It's Yeah, it's pretty trashy, but it will become good, I'm sure. Okay, cool. But Kate, thanks for joining me. All right. Thanks, Owen.
Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.